just see there? I got a shock here. Oh, boy, look at that. No finger. The show must go on. Why? Well, I don't know. It's on the log. Good morning. How are you? All right. John Gambling just walked through. He's rehearsing the time. Get started. We must warn you once again that this is not for women and children. Tonight's program has a little uh, skull and crossbones on it, and uh, you've just got to be careful because uh, we're liable to infiltrate you tonight. Because tonight's program is about something that is near and dear to the heart of every American citizen, if not every citizen of the world today, the 20th century world. <coughs> Tonight's program will be, as part of WOI's vast... Excuse me here for a minute. <laughs> They're adjusting all the knobs here. Can you hear me out there, Stanton Armand? <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Uh, we, um... Uh, tonight, uh, WOR is part of its vast uh, program of um, tremendously important public service broadcasting. Instead of putting out all those crummy marine recruiting spots tonight, uh, as our public service programming usually consists of, we are going to delve into something which is very nervous-making on the American scene. Tonight's program will be about that great bugaboo, that thing that all of us have been pursuing all of our lives, that thing that scares us all right down to our socks, that... Oh. Tonight's program is a delving into and a delineation of that old American bugaboo, that magic secret ingredient that we are all searching for, S-U-C-C-E, uh, 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 success. Uh, we're going to go right at it. And speaking of success, hit the money button. Quick there. Quick, 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 quick here it comes. <laughs> Sorry, Bob. Miller High Life in Poppenport, Kansas. when you talk about success. Distinctive Miller High Life in Poppenport, Kansas. I see a woman Mary. Just Poppenport Miller High Life. The champagne of bottled beer. No opener needed. Enjoy the light, full-flavored goodness of Miller High Life. The premium beer millions more are asking for. Miller High Life always gives you that perfect taste in beer every time. Unquestioned, unchanging. 
Enjoy Miller High Life in our easier-to-open pop-and-pour cans. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Just pop-and-pour Miller High Life. Always sparkling, flavorful, distinctive in pop-and-pour cans. If I had the wings of an angel Over these prism walls I would fly If I had the wings of an angel Over these prism walls I would fly uh, Tonight's program is about success. That one thing that all of us are chasing after, like rabbits chasing after an electrical carrot. Or is it dogs chasing electrical rabbits that are chasing electrical carrots? Round and round that great dog track of life. And uh, some of us are selling platers. Others are successes. I mean, all the way from the beginning. Because of bloodlines. Yes, sirree. Kelso's kids have got more chance to do it than... The kids of that uh, milk wagon horse walking around out there, you know, doing what horse horses do sometimes. You know what horses do. And so uh, we've got to face a few of those things. And, and there was a full-page ad. Now, we're going to get started here. A full-page ad in uh, Life magazine. Boy, if that isn't an arrogant title for a magazine. Life. <laughs> Time. Fortune. Maybe as well. Full page ad, and it says, would you please sneak up with my... No, no, the, the first one. That's, that's a very good. Yeah. Full page ad. It shows a television director looking right out at you from the screen. Wouldn't you love to be in the big-time world of TV and radio? The hard-hitting world of fun occupations. Wouldn't you like to be in the theater world? Wouldn't you like to be down there on the big board? Oh, wouldn't you like to live on the high seas? Just the gigolo. Everywhere I go, everyone knows the role I'm playing. Yes, instead of being what you are, a lowly insurance adjuster in Queens, where life is thin and vapid, where life is lived like a draft, a drink, a heavy swallow of... Skim milk. When you're not even on a diet. And that's all that life is. You know, I wonder about all them kids that are listening. Lots of them sitting out there. I wonder how many of them even have the, remo the remotest idea of what they eventually will actually be doing <laughs> in their life's uh, struggle up that that spaghetti ladder towards success. And in this big uh, issue of Time magazine, this big full-page ad, the guy is looking out at you and he says, Too bad. It was your big chance playing a spoon solo on the amateur hour. And he is holding up, he is holding up a card and he's looking very sad. It says he muffed it. And the card, the idiot card says, Don't stand up. Your zipper glares. Please, would you give me my sad music? 
sad music. That is not sad music, Fred. I want sad music. Sad music, please. That was a nice try, Matt. He runs that garbage in. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> the, 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 I suspect more than... It. No, no, the, 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 the first one. The first one. Just sneak the first one in there. Just set it in the front. It doesn't have to be cued in, Matt. Just hold it there for a second. And the copy reads, Isn't it ridiculous to let a zipper stand in the way of success? But those shiny metal ones with the big gleaming teeth will do it every time. And why, when it is so easy to avoid with the Talon Zipper Success Nylon Trouser Zipper, the one that does not glitter in a spotlight, which is where, of course, you should be. Or anywhere. So the next time that big chance comes along, don't muff it. Let your performance shine out. Sing it out to the wings. Don't let your zipper upstage you. Make sure that you're wearing the success zipper. Talon Zephyr Zippers. The Nylon Zipper Zephyr Zipper. And give our regards to Broadway. Now that shows uh, how deep the success syndrome runs in American life. And the, the fear that he won't make it is almost totally magical. It was, it's not suggested once there that the reason you didn't make it is that not only did your zipper show, but you were the worst spoon player who ever played on the amateur hour. <laughs> In short, I suspect that most guys, as they go struggling through life, believe it was a kind of magical little bit. Some little crummy thing, like they didn't have a dime when they should have made the call to the agency. And they couldn't get anybody to give them any change. They ran up and down. They went into a chock full of nuts. And the guy said, God, you mean change? Get out of here. And for the want of a dime, a career went down the hatch. And uh, I wonder, I really wonder how deep that, that is in our life. Uh, you know, I bet a lot of guys reading that says, Holy smokes. I never thought of it that way. My zipper. Hey, Madge, Madge, turn on the lights. Hey, Madge, now watch. When I walk around, can you see my zipper? You can. Holy smokes, I'm 74 years old. Why didn't you tell me this years ago? <laughs> well, now, now the, the, uh, the, little, the, little, uh, <laughs> the little magical quality of success Shows in our commercials. Have you seen that commercial of the guy who 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 is? You see him in the in the office. Oh, that's a sad one. He's sort of a beefy guy. He's he's a kind of a a television TV commercial version of Willie Loman, and uh, he's standing there and he's got a tie on. He's got this jazzy white shirt and he's got a black suit, and he's looking down at this girl who obviously is the is the big sales manager's top secretary lady, you know. She's the office uh, mama. And he's looking down, he says, gee whiz, Claire, you know, I, I, I don't want this to get back to the boss, but I don't know what's happening out on the territory. I just don't know what happened. I had four or five orders right in the sack, and I don't know, people are just acting kind of funny. They're just not as warm as it used to be. <laughs> I don't know what's the matter. And then Claire looks at him and says, Well, you know, Clarence, it's a funny thing about people. It's, uh, well, you know, 
People never know when they've got bad breath. Not that you've got it, Clarence. <laughs> but I always have right here in my drawer a seven-gallon bottle of stink out. This is a wonderful thing. And you ought to just try it. It's the new magic pink. And he says, oh, come on. I don't gargle with that stuff. Gargling with that kind of stuff is like gargling with soda pop. It's like gargling with soda pop. I can't drink that garbage. Soda pop. And she says, oh, no, not stink out with the new magic blue oscillating color with the bubbles. That is like gargling with the stink out. It doesn't feel like gargling with pop. It's like bubbles. And the next scene, he says, say, I think I'll try that. Well, quickly, the uh, the commercial dollies in, you know, quick, and there's a little montage, the music, da, 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 and next thing you see, the door slams open in the office, and he comes in, he's got a 17, great big 17-pound box of candy, and he's got 16 gigantic orchids, and he says, Claire, Claire, oh, wow, we, I want to tell you, Claire, I've had just had the best month that I've ever had, so as long as I've been working for International Widget, the best month, and I want to say it's thanks to you. And she says, no, tell Clarence, thanks to Stink Out with the new beautiful blue oscillating bubbles. <laughs> he says, yeah, well, I guess you're right. Well, it's thanks to Stink Out and you. Oh, life is exciting as you run from pillar to post, as you run from fire hydrant to fire hydrant. Well, we got a lot of poodles listening. You never know. Just... Dogs will do anything for... What is it that dogs will do anything for? Listen, I know a dog. <laughs> do any of you know a dog that crawls on its hands and knees? Seriously. I know a dog that for a certain dog food actually crawls on its hands and knees and whinnies. It's got heroin in it. Holy smokes. Speaking of dogs crawling on their hands and knees, this is WORAM and FM New York. Never pick up a stranger. Don't put your car in danger. Now's the time, the right time to change her. Pick up Crestone and a freeze. Never pick up a stranger. Pick up Crestone and a freeze. Prestone antifreeze coolant is a product of Union Carbide. Quick, 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 quick here. I get nervous. Get total protection with Prestone antifreeze. Prestone antifreeze, with its exclusive magnetic film, protects against freeze-ups, against rust and corrosion, against whistle breaches. Substitutes are not the same. So remember, friends, get... It's supposed to say 27 seconds in there. Get Prestone antifreeze. All right. Let's see, we've got a couple of other commercials here. You've got that other one in there? All right, we'll tell you what to do with the rest of your gelt that you may have left. Hit it there. Yeah. Racing's fun, and especially at Garden State. In fact, I mentioned it to my husband last night, and he said... You can bet on it, Mac. <laughs> dollar for dollar, you really have your money's worth of fun over here. It's a thrill when you win. <laughs> I just like to horse around. And the fun is on at Garden State Park in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. The nation's finest thoroughbreds are racing at the nation's most beautiful track. Only 90 minutes away by car or bus. Nine great races Tuesday through Saturday through November 20th. Plenty of parking. Grandstand admission, $2. Follow the people who follow the fun. They're all going to Garden State Park quicker than you can say. 
I like the sound of all those horses roaring. <laughs> Can I have that last? Just, just, just give me the sound of the horses. Can you cue it in there for me, Matt? I got a little bit here. Buses leave for Garden State Park from Port Authority Terminal, 10 to 11 a.m. from Newark Terminal, 10.30 to 11 a.m. Only 90 minutes by car. New Jersey Turnpike to Exit 4. Follow the signs. Racing Tuesday through Saturday at Garden State Park. First race at 1.30. 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 First race at 7 o'clock. First race at 1.30. Hey, George, that went off pretty good, didn't it, gang? <laughs> you want to try it again there for jazz? Holy <laughs> oh, <these> smokeroonies. <laughs> Gee whiz, what a great radio show we're We're advertising beer and racetracks. <laughs> you know, sometimes, in a, in a kind of a nutty way, our, our, our society... Uh, any society, uh, it, it, it tells its tale in its uh, more popular, less official uh, media. <laughs> and this is one. Uh, someday, someday there's, there's going to be guys sitting around with long beards and long faces who are writing long books. And they're going to be talking about the rise and fall and the decline of. And they're going to be, <laughs> they're going to be playing beer commercials and racetrack commercials. They're going to be playing James Bond ETs, and they're going to know. You know, speaking of uh, commercials, we have with us here Rover, the uh, Rover Motor Car Company, and uh, I should be getting my car in about three or four days. In fact, they called and told me that it was just about ready. And the car that I'm talking about is the Rover 2000. And I have another thing I would like to read to you from a magazine about the Rover. It says, and I'm reading and quoting directly, Rover cars have long been known in England as the poor man's Rolls Royce. This has not been because of their status appeal, for Rovers have never been high-priced, but more because the refinements of detail, finish, and workmanship have been of a quality not usually expected in other than very, very expensive cars. Everything fits. Our only area of criticism in the car tested was that the heater controls would not turn off completely. And they're talking about one of the most beautifully engineered cars that has built, been built in the past 15 or 20 years. This is the Rover 2000, and uh, I, I, I personally think it's one of, the, one of the most practical automobiles to ever hit the American road. It's small. It's ex well, small. It's uh, much larger than what you consider the ordinary foreign car. It's a four-seater Gran Turismo, a fast car designed to get four people from here to there at extreme, in extreme comfort, and uh, with probably the best handling of any car of its type anywhere. Incidentally, in in the road test, the uh, current issue they have on the cover. A line, you know, where they tell about all the things they're going to review. They have Corvettes, Mustang, Galaxies, Ford, Coronets, and all that. 
And they have a simple line about the Rover 2000. It says, Rover 2000, does the world's finest car cost only 4000 That's the truth. And you can see the Rover. Let me see here. By the way, this is not advertising glop. I'm reading to you from an unbiased uh, road-testing magazine. This is not Rover copy. You can see it at Wolf Sales and Service right here in New York if you're living in Manhattan on Lafayette Street. Wolf Sales and Service. Lafayette Street, New York, New York. All right, back to the grindstone here. You know, speaking of this, uh, you, you have to uh, you have to look at the world of uh, of success in magical terms today. You know, how long has it been? How many of you had a father who used to sit at the table? I, my old man used to sit at the table in the kitchen there, and behind him would be the refrigerator banging around, and the sink would be sucking, and uh, he'd be sitting there with the sport page in front of him. And uh, once in a while, he would tilt back in his chair, and he'd look around, and he'd say, You know, I want to tell you, I'm really bucked. And my mother would say, well, What's the matter now? I'd say, Well, boy, oh, boy. You know, who got, you know who got promoted to the front office today? My mother would say, Who? Mike Gallagher. Mike Gallagher, an idiot. Boy, I want to tell you one thing. It ain't what you know. It's who you know. And then he would tilt back as though he had just made a fantastic original comment. As though it had just come to him. And he had just, he had just unraveled the secret of the universe. He had sliced through that Gordian knot of fate. He'd say... It ain't what you know, I'll tell you, it's who you know. <laughs> well, now, my entire neighborhood was filled with guys who used to say that. Uh, they, they, You'd see them with their foot up on the bar at Flick's Tavern. <laughs> and it was to a man. They were agreed, it ain't what you know, it's who you know. Of course, not a single one of them knew a damn thing. You could take all that they knew, all the men of the entire crowd... You could put all of the all that they know, I'd say, in roughly a half a page of the average blue, uh, the average blue examination notebook that you take uh, when you when you're at school. You know, you could put you could put probably all you could put all that they knew on a four by five file card, the entire crowd, and that would be wrong, for the most part. And so the 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 the, uh, the myth was always promulgated constantly. Always pushed along. And ain't what you know, it's who you know. And then you'd say to you'd say to old uh, old old Emil, and this was a common thing. Because you see, I when I was a kid, I worked in this tavern. Did I ever tell you about that? Working in Flick's tavern. Flick's Flick uh, Flick uh, the the kid Flick. His dad ran this tavern, and Flick and I used to work there after work all the time. We'd be sweeping out, throwing the drunks out. And uh, we'd wash the windows and all that kind of stuff. And make the fish. We used to make the fish on Friday. So we learned all these great bits of philosophical lore about life. We'd stand around there and I'd be sweeping up and cleaning up the cigar butts and pouring out the, the gaboons and the spit tunes and all that. And I'd be hearing this. And so you'd hear one guy holler down the bar to another guy, Amo! Hey, Amo! You know, I, I hear, they, I hear old, old Jack O'Brien got promoted. Oh, O'Brien, what a slob. How come he got promoted? And there'd be a pregnant pause, and Emil would say, Ah, oh, what do you mean, Ah, I mean, 
Brian out there about a Brian. Yeah, you know what they call a Brian down at the shop? <laughs> Boy, if there wasn't women around here, I'd tell you what they call them. They're sniffing around all the time. And bosses, I'll tell you about a Brian. I'll say this. It ain't what you know, it's who you know. I've been in a shipping department for 38 years. I've done more about shipping than a whole damn bunch. Look at me, they're not going to promote me. You know why? I know too much. The bosses are scared of a guy like me. Get me in that front office, they feel like they're idiots. I know all that whole damn business there. Right, give me another one, Charlie. Well, so we're, we're listening to this, and I, this is a... Important stuff we're getting there, you know. <laughs> and, and so I began to realize the American, the American success myth was based on one or two different, maybe seven, possibly, the mystical number of seven, uh, one from seven magical uh, elements that were all completely out of the control of the people who were doing the hollering. Oh, and there's another one too. There was another another myth that is part of that success myth. And this also I got at Flick's Tavern, the Bluebird. And I'm down there on a Friday night. That's when you really heard this stuff, on a Friday night. Boy, they'd all come in. They didn't have to go to work the next day, see. So they'd come in and start lapping it up about 4. And about uh, 9 or 10 o'clock, the, the philosophy was so thick in the room that you could cut it up like cheese. And it smelled like cheese, too, in some ways. And you could just cut this stuff up and you could put it in packages and keep it on ice and... And once in a while, when you were hungry or tired, you could knock off a little piece and put it on crackers and spread, you know, when it got rotten. And uh, it was that kind of philosophy. So uh, there was another, another philosophical gambit that always made the rounds, and it was this one. And uh, old, uh, uh, old, old uh, Murphy would, would out at the end of the bar and say, these are all puddlers and steel mill workers in one kind or another. He would look down, and he would see Amos, see. And he'd say, uh, hey, Amos! Hey, Amos! What's to say about O'Brien getting promoted? O'Brien! There'd be a pregnant pause, and Emil looks with fantastic disdain down the length of the bar. He says, O'Brien, ha! Boy, don't tell me about that, you know what. Hey, you know, what? You know why they promote him? He's an S.O. you know what. That's the only kind of guy that ever gets promoted. I'll tell you one thing. Dan, listen. I'll tell you one thing. Now, I want all you guys... Now, now, now listen to me, boy. I'm going to tell you something. Nice guys always finish last. Don't pay to be no nice guy. Look at me. Yeah. Look at me. Nice guy. Yeah. I'll be sitting down here at the end of the bar the rest of my life. Nice guy. This guy not only stole candy regularly from babies. This... <laughs> This guy was in the habit of stealing, stealing safety pins from the diapers of babies regularly. And, and, of course, the myth always is that anybody who does not get promoted is a nice guy. Guys who get promoted are not nice guys. This is a well-known myth. These are all part of the magical... Of course, from time to time, then, a guy, he feels, he feels the, the urge to make it, you know? He feels that, 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 that all right, so he's not going to be a nice guy. Nothing happens. Then he decides to, to try to get to know somebody. So he goes around and he butters up about 45 guys. Still nothing happens. And he's still down there in the shipping department. And it is then that he begins to believe that there are other things, there are subterranean forces at work. 
And the next thing you know, he will be standing in front of a bookshelf where they sell the paper books, and there will be books called Seven Golden Keys to Dynamic Power. Key number one, always keep your mind open. Key number two, keep an open-door policy to your underlings. Always listen to what they have to say. Well, he's reading this stuff up and down the line, and still nothing happens. I don't know. I suspect that a guy who has listened to Dr. Peel for seven years, a guy who has read 15 books on how to make a success, a guy who has learned... He's gone to Berlitz. He's learned three languages. He has spent all of his available nights at CCNY going to night courses on drafting. He's taken four correspondence courses on how to get out of high school, and he's still nowhere. That is the day that that guy turns. I have it right here. Right here. Get my sneaky music ready in there. Here is what finally came to me the other day, and this is the ultimate of all the mystical, magical, sneaky, dark little shifting creatures in the bushes down under the undergrowth of vines of life. Here, perhaps, is why you haven't made it. Stand by, friends. First of all, I have to ask a very, very pertinent question. Why am I on the mailing list of this outfit? This is a beautifully printed up brochure. This is not smudgy, and it is not done with a mimeograph machine. It came with envelopes with glassine fronts, you know, Matt. Things that said confidential, open immediately. Do not lose this. This may mean a new life to you. I opened it up immediately. If there's anything all of us want, it's a new life. And it started out, it said, Now, call upon... The mystic powers with these secret spells and instantly enjoy a wonderful new life of wealth, love, and happiness. Dear friend, how would you like to be able to call upon the mystic powers that control men's destinies? Cast mighty spells that open up a wonderful new life of wealth, love, and happiness. You can do it. With a revealing book that gives you the magic spells, secret names, rituals, and magic words of power that bring these miracles to pass instantly. On page 132 of this startling book, you'll discover your secret well. Anyone has one, although it's hard to believe it, until you use the secret words that open up this secret well that will yield up a steady stream of continuous wealth, golden trinkets, beautiful jewelry, glittering gems of every description, and much more will spring out of your secret spring. Then turn to page 75 where you'll discover how to use a crystal ball that not only predicts your future, but enables you to change things the way you want them. To bring back harmony and cooperation to a troubled marriage, a job situation, 
or in your social life. Just turn to chapter three. There you will find a simple ritual that you can perform to invoke the dark cosmic forces of order and inner harmony. This ritual you'll learn works time after time, and the very first time you try it, you'll be amazed at the results. On page 91, for example, you'll find the secret words, the magic words of Casanova, the great lover, and the magic formula <laughs> that enables you to revitalize your you-know-what into a thrilling daily experience, rekindle the entire opposite sex's interest in you, even if they have never looked at you in years. <laughs> and on page 56, you'll discover how to obtain a magic twig. With this twig, you cast a counterspell that prevents you from being harmed by those around you that are casting hexes on you now, at this very minute, in the sales department. This magic twig works every time. And here is positive proof that these secret magic spells will bring you anything. <laughs> Your heart desires. In every time, in every place, ordinary people who have used white magic have risen like shafts of silver lightning into the boundless heights of wealth, influence, and eternal power and prestige. Even sheer nobodies who managed to get hold of one or two of these secrets have become members of the moneyed class, great lovers, leaders with the hypnotic power to sway and hypnotize people. So if you are a nobody, here is your chance. Would you believe it? Albert Einstein was a high school dropout who could barely add a grocery store list. And yet, almost overnight, he became the greatest genius of all time. Ha <laughs> ha, how? He never said. <laughs> Ulysses S. Grant was a businessman who had gone broke, an alcoholic, a bum, a social outcast. And yet, with the help... Of the mystic powers, he rose in splendor to become a great general and president of the United States. The mystic spells did it. Boy, it's too bad that Democrats didn't find out about that when he was running. Edgar Allan Poe, the great poet and writer who disowned and was disowned by his family, shunned by family and friends alike, a father who could not provide and might have lived out his life as a despicable beggar if not for a simple magic incantation that made him rich. Yes, nevermore, quoth the raven, nevermore. That's all he said, and he made dough. You can try it yourself from the privacy of your own home. And now... What secret spell? Now, listen carefully. Get close to the radio here, friends. We don't want everybody to listen to this, because if this gets out and too many people take advantage of this, God only knows what will happen with all them magic twigs working at once. 
All the magic spells and incantations all working to cancel each other out. Why don't you be the only one in Staten Island who takes advantage of this? What secret power do these men possess? Listen carefully. The power to cast mighty spells. That's all. That's all. Hitler cast a mighty spell over the German people. That's all. What kind of spells? All right. Here are the spells they could cast, and you can do it too. With these new secrets of magic. The spell that makes any person, friend or foe, do your bidding any time. <laughs> the spell that makes you the close friend of employers and wealthy patrons. The spell, and this is a good one, friends, that makes things happen when you want them to happen. <laughs> anything. I said anything. Think it over, man. The spell that controls children. Ladies, have you wondered what to do with your high school nut? Have you wondered what to do with that slob who's smoking pot and yelling and hollering and busting windows in Babylon High? The magic twig, baby. Right in the left eye. All of these secrets and many more are reported in this full, amazing book. And these magic spells are not difficult to use. On the contrary, no training... No unusual abilities, no psychic gifts of any kind. What this means to you is this. No longer need you wish or dream about the things you want. You can cast these magic spells just the same as you turn on the radio and get immediate results. That's enough. That's enough. Holy smokes. I read that, you know, and I thought, maybe this is it. Maybe this is it. <laughs> Sitting down there on the 20th floor, I saw Mr. Leader go by. Abracadabra! In In You know what happened? Leader turned around. His face was white as a sheet. His eyes were watery. He walked towards me as a man in a dream. He walked with a heavy tread, with his hands held out. He walked towards me like Frankenstein's monster. He looked me right in the eye and said, Shepard, tomorrow morning... You are taking over. All of it. You are in charge. Shepard, we are going to run you for God. I'm behind you. And he stood for a long minute. Claude Kirshner fell to the floor, dumbstruck. John Gambling went whimpering under the water cooler. John Diatolo of the sales department plunged out of the 28th floor window. 
And tomorrow morning, guess who's running this shebang? <laughs> it works, friends. I'm in. I'm in. It's all over. All those worries. All those fears. I'm going to start firing tomorrow morning. Abacasabra in heart. By the way, I'm turning a magic spell on you. I'm going to have a rating tomorrow of 17 million. I'm putting a magic spell on your radio. You won't ever be able to turn it off. In heart. In this. <laughs> Try to turn me off now. Pick it up. Yes, sir. Very good. Gee whiz, it's, it's wonderful to be in the campbird seat. Yeah. Stop the phone. No, no, no. Somebody just put a counter spell. I felt it. Sorry for the counter hex. Chuck Fairbin? Has he got one in the books? Put that twig down! Fairbin! Give me my twig! Oh, I left it down on the 20th floor. Holy smokes, what am I gonna do? I'm here. Oh, oh no, no! Oh, oh, wowie! Oh, no, 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 I don't want to give the time to lose the temperature. Please, please! Oh. Caught without my magic twig. Chuck Fairbin just speared me with what they call a counter hex. Oh, wow. I thought I had it. I thought I had it under control. Oh, it's too late. Speaking of having it under control, we've got one more commercial here. It's for happiness. Happiness, happiness. No brush, no lather, no rub in. Just wet your razor, then begin. Happiness is the name of a fantastic Swedish restaurant. <laughs> It's a Chinese restaurant between 93rd and 94th, and one of the best restaurants in all of New York. You get all Chinese fooded up and go staggering reading out to the Broadway area there. With all those fried noodles coming out of your ears, let me tell you, you'll know that you've gotten close to the eye of Buddha. This is happiness. They have a bar. They're open seven days a week. And in about two weeks, I think we're going to have a little party up there, so get your knees ready. We're going to... <laughs> Let's see. All the things you always dreamed of. Oh, the name of that restaurant again is Happiness. Between 93rd and 94th on Broadway, here in the heart of New York City. Norman, a file clerk who was being bullied and ridiculed by older workers at the office. One day he made a magic incantation, which you'll find on page 37, that caused these people to be so ashamed that they actually came to him, begged him for his forgiveness, and became his close allies and supporters. Norman went all the way. Well, you just wait. When I take over this joint tomorrow morning at 8, it starts tomorrow morning at 8. You hear that? Hey, you hear that, Ted Malley? You're through. We'll be here... Tomorrow night at the same time. And by the way, don't forget, we're at the limelight. Call in for your reservations. I'll put a magic spell on you down at the limelight that just won't stop. At 10.30 next Saturday night, here on the whoopee, sneaky, sinister spot on your dial. Ian Hawk, a regular cock in his spittle lauk. 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 Lauk.